Alright, okay, okay. What's up, everybody? It's Elday Talks Facts. We're here. going to spit some facts. Like always, of course, this is my WWE Monday Night Raw review. I hope everybody's doing good today. It's a little bit uh, chilly over here right now. It's actually going to be like in this around 60 over here on fucking Saturday going into the new year. It's going to be crazy. It's just like, what the fuck? It's weather that makes no fucking sense, but... Hope you guys are doing good so far. We got New Year's Eve tomorrow. You know, hope you guys, whatever plans you guys got tomorrow, hope you guys have a good time going into the new year. Hopefully 2021 is much better than this fucking year. All right. Let's focus on the, the last Monday Night Raw of 2020. All right. So show we did see, they did show the graphic right there of John Huber, who's best known as Luke Harper in the WWE. They did show his graphic right there in memory of John Huber, Luke Harper, and that was nice. That was nice. It really was to see WWE acknowledge it, acknowledge his death. You know, everyone in the wrestling community is still hurting right now. You know, even John Moxley and AEW said that he's still numb over and he can't get over right now. And Seth Rollins in the WWE, you know, saying he can't wrap his head around it still. Everybody's still hurting right now, you know, including me. I really am. I really am right now, you know. But I got to admit right here, you know, there's one thing I got to say, though. We didn't see a tribute video, though, to John Huber, you know, Luke Harper. We did not see a tribute video for him at all. Not anything throughout the show. Nothing. Only the graphic they showed at the beginning. That's it. They didn't do any tribute video for him. Because he had a lot of good moments in the WWE. He did. I'm pretty pissed off at Vince McMahon for doing this. And everyone was pissed that Brian Myers was best known as... Kurt Hawkins in the WWE, like, for his tweet and what he said. Everybody was saying that, oh, he's being petty towards Vince and everything. That's not called pettiness. It's called being hurt. Because they didn't show any tribute video towards him. They didn't do the 10-bell salute for him. They didn't do that. I feel like it was pretty wrong. I'm not trying to make it a big thing, but a lot. I saw some people agree with Brian Myers, and some people disagree. Most of the people disagree with him. That's fine. You have your opinion. I have mine. He has his I did feel like it was wrong, though, that, that WWE didn't do a tribute video for him or, you know, do the 10-bell salute, you know, because he, he had a good career right there for the WWE. He was one of the best groups of his generation in the Wyatt family, you know. And he had a good singles career in the WWE. He did. And him and Eric Rowan had a great run as SmackDown Tag Team Champions when they were the Bludgeon Brothers. Like, they were awesome. That was great. You know, I feel like WWE, I feel like, I feel like WWE could have done better. I really feel like they could have. I seriously feel like they could have. You know, and I know Brian Myers wasn't trying to divide wrestling fans. That's everybody's trying to say, like, oh, he's dividing the wrestling fans and everything. I'm like, he's not doing that. He's, he makes a point. He does. And we saw, you know, some wrestlers, you know, show tribute to him. Like Xavier Woods had on, a, on his uh, wristband, he had uh, on, his, on his elbow right there, he had Brody. You know, Tom Phillips at the start of the show said, it's Monday, you know what that means. That's what Brody Lee would say on Twitter every single day. You know, it's this day, you know what that means. And Drew McIntyre even said it when he started off his promo to start the show. I just feel like, I feel like Vince and the WWE could have done a whole lot better. I really feel like they could have. I'm not saying do what AEW is doing, doing the whole, the whole tribute matches and everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you could have showed a tribute video. They just didn't do that, though, or have, like, you know, or, res- or, or like, uh, interview some of the wrestlers and talk about him. They didn't do that. 
I really feel like they could have done a whole lot better right there. Maybe Vince is still petty over Brody Lee going to AEW and being a parry of, you know, Vince McMahon, like himself right there in AEW. You know, whatever, fine. Or the shit that Brody Lee said that Christopher Daniels, you're not the only out-of-touch old man that didn't believe in me. Maybe that struck a nerve with Vince, but it really shouldn't bother him when you think of it. But it is what it is, you know. You could say whatever you want, but I, I agree with Brian Myers. I, I have to. They could have done a little bit better. I mean, come on. You could have at least done a tribute video. I mean, listen, this is the same company that didn't even acknowledge Viscera's death. Until like a couple weeks later. When Viscera died back in 2014. He was a big part in the WWE. He was King Mabel. He had a main event match with Kevin Nash on a pay-per-view in 95. And he won the King of the Ring. And they didn't acknowledge his death for like a couple weeks. Like on TV. It's like, really? I mean, come on. Just saying. They could have done a whole lot better right there. Could have at least given him a tribute video. But if Vince wants to be petty over it, if that's the, if that's the case, then it is what it is. But we're all, we're all missing John Huber right now. Blue Carpet, Brody Lee, we're all missing him. I can't wait to watch AEW's tribute to him. I'm going to be watching that tomorrow, and I'll review that for you guys tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be it's going to be emotional. It really is. They're going to do it the proper way. Or maybe maybe on SmackDown they'll do something. Maybe they will do the tribute video then and they'll realize that they should have done it. So maybe they will. We'll see. But they start off the show. The show started off with the WWE champion Drew McIntyre coming out. And um, we know that Keith Lee is facing Sheamus. And the winner faces Drew McIntyre next week, or you could say next year, on the Legends show for Monday Night Raw. And the winner faces Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. So I'm like, alright, so Drew McIntyre came out and he said, you know, it's Monday, you know what that means? Like, so Tom Phillips said it as well, which was nice. So you could say, yeah, there were like small tributes to him in the show. There were. But still, you, you know what I mean? Just saying. But uh, Drew McIntyre comes out, cuts a good promo like always, you know. He got, he's got some great humor in his promos, and he's always got, you know... Like, he's one of those guys that can get real serious and also can be pretty funny in their promos. You know what I mean? You know, McIntyre was talking about the crazy year that he's had, you know, winning the Royal Rumble, beating Brock Lesnar in five minutes at WrestleMania 36 for the for the WWE title. So, you know, he he's, has, he's had a really good year, you know, holding on to the title for so long and then losing it for a couple weeks then winning it back. So he's a two-time... WWE champion. He's had a great 2020 win superstar of the year, which he absolutely deserved. <laughs> and then when he's going on, when he mentions Keith Lee and Sheamus, here comes Sheamus. Like, speak of the devil. Then Sheamus comes out, and him and McIntyre, you know, start going at it a little bit. You think maybe they're going to start brawling again. And Sheamus is like, you know, McIntyre's to Sheamus, like, you know, I said no BS last week. And Sheamus is like, well, I didn't do anything last week. You know, during the match. Sheamus didn't do anything during the match. It was after the match he broke kick Keith Lee. You know, McIntyre agreed. And they were talking about their journey. Like, they've known each other for 15 years. It's their dream right here. Sheamus talking about him being a former WWE champion. And McIntyre being the current WWE champion. You know, and it's always great to see these guys talk. It really is. And then here comes Keith Lee. He comes out. 
And he cuts a promo on Sheamus and McIntyre. And he basically said he has no more trust in McIntyre. Kind of like how he has no trust with Sheamus. He said it's equal for McIntyre. So he's got really no trust in McIntyre now. You know, and then Sheamus is getting mad at Keith Lee. Saying, like, who do you think you are and everything? You're spreading rumors about me. Saying I'm going to betray my best friend Drew McIntyre. And McIntyre's like, all right, all right. This is enough right now. You guys have a match. Let's get a referee out here. Let's settle this. Here comes the referee. And then... Looks like everything's all calmed down, and then boom, Sheamus kicks Keith Lee's head off, not once, but twice. It's with a rope kick, not once, but twice. Not uno, but dos. That's what Sheamus did to Keith Lee right there. They cuts commercial. We come back, we see Drew McIntyre on commentary, and the match begins between Sheamus and Keith Lee. And these two put on a really good match. They did, you know, there was some stiff competition in this match. And I gotta say one thing right here, you know, Vince Russo talking about Keith Lee doesn't have the it factor. That's what Vince Russo was saying. Obviously, Vince Russo hasn't watched the show. Or I guess he has. He just doesn't see anything in Keith Lee, but he's an idiot for saying that. I mean, come on. Like, who was Vince Russo to say that Keith Lee doesn't have an it factor? Really? I mean, come on. Like, even though I don't watch NXT, I've seen Keith Lee's matches down there. He's had a lot of great matches. And when he came to the main roster at first, I was thinking, like, okay, like, with his match, his first few matches, he's like, I was like, eh, with him. But over time... I've grown to like Keith Lee, and he's a tremendous fucking athlete. And he put on another great match right here. He really did. He put on a great match with Sheamus. You know, Sheamus has been putting on a lot of great matches recently, which has been great. You know, with the new talent like, you know, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. He's been putting on a lot of great matches. So this match, this match didn't disappoint. It was great. You know... It was a hard-hitting match, you know. It was a lot of great bumps right here. It was just a brutal fucking match. Like, Sheamus hitting the white noise on Keith Lee. I was like, damn. Like, that was something right there. Sheamus, you know, flew from the top rope onto Keith Lee. And Keith Lee fell on the announce table. I was like, shit, we never really see Sheamus Sheamus go up to the top rope as much. We really don't see that very often. It's very rare. And that was pretty cool. Um... But yeah, like Sheamus hitting the white noise on Keith Lee. I was like, wow. (laughs) And Keith Lee was doing some pretty cool shit right there. Sheamus, he was hitting them hard. They were hitting each other hard in this match. It was like, damn. There's like two bulls going at it. Like, who's the toughest right here? Well, Keith Lee is the toughest because he hit the spirit bomb. One, two, three. Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre next week on Monday Night Raw for the WWE Championship. I'm like, all right, we've seen this match a couple times, but this match is going to be a banger. We know it's going to be the main event next week. We're starting off 2021 on the right foot right here. This is going to be a great fucking match. And some people are saying like, oh, how come they're not doing McIntyre and Sheamus? They're saving it for the Rumble because we know McIntyre is going to retain next week. He's not dropping it to Keith Lee, at least not yet. We know they're saving Sheamus and, uh, and McIntyre. So most likely that'll be at the Royal Rumble unless if Sheamus gets involved and cost Keith Lee the match. I mean, we get a triple threat at the Royal Rumble. I'd be down to see that. I'm fine with that as well. I don't care. That'd be a great match. Either way, if the triple threat or not. But we know next week it's going to be a great match. We know there's got to be some sort of interference. We know Sheamus has to get involved somehow. I don't want to say it's predictable, but we know he's got to get involved. We know that. Come on. We know that for a fact. He's got to get involved. Like, do I want to see Sheamus get involved? No, I want to see a clean finish to the match. I really do. But 
We just know that's going to happen. We know we know that Sheamus is most likely going to get involved. But this is a great match between Keith Lee and Sheamus. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to see what happens next week now. I really am. We'll see what happens, though. But great match to start off the show right there. It was great. All right, so next match right to here. We get Grand Mentalik versus The Miz. And I'm like, all right, this is an interesting matchup right here. Miz versus Mentalik. I'd rather see Morrison versus Mentalik because those two are crazy athletic. We know that for a fact. So I'm like, all right. You know, they're talking about Miz, you know, losing the money in the bank and losing the money bank contract. And, you know, Miz wasn't, you know, taking much control in this match right here against Mentalik. Mentalik was, you know, he, he was beating him at the start. He really was. Miz didn't look focused at all because he was, you know, too focused on losing the Money in the Bank contract. And I'm like, all right, I like what they're doing right here. Like, they let Manalik get his shit in right here. Manalik's one of the best luchadors in the world. It's just a shame they've used him like a joke. They really have. They have used him like a joke. Like, don't even, you know, you can say, oh, but he wrestled AJ Styles for the Intercontinental title on SmackDown. Okay, what has he done since then? He's been chasing after the 24-7 title. Him and Dorado, like, come on. Him and Dorado are one of the best luchadors, not just the company, but in the world. I mean, come on. They're just getting treated like, you know, they're getting treated like jokes. They really are. But in this match, Metalik looked really good in this match. You know, he looked great against The Miz. He had more of the control in this match. But, you know, as the match adapted, you know, went along, The Miz was getting, you know, more focused and everything. It's like, okay, now he's not worried about the Money in the Bank contract. He's focusing on Metalik. He's beating him up now. He's hitting, him, he's hitting him with some stiff shots, hitting him with a nice big boot. I was like, all right, good, 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 good. You know, Manalik, you know, at the start of the match, was hitting him with a lot of roll-ups. You know, Manalik did a nice, you know, backflip on the Miz. Like, it's just like, this guy is the king of the ropes. It's not just a thing. This guy really is the king of the ropes. Like, oh, my God. You see what he does. Especially when he does, like, that little walk on the ropes, when he does that little spin on the ropes as he's walking, like a tightrope, basically. It's fucking amazing. It really is. This guy is great. And Dorado's great, too. But just like how Metalik was using a lot of roll-ups to start the match against The Miz, he hit a roll-up right here on The Miz, and Miz was pretty close to the rope, didn't grab it, didn't get near it, and Metalik beat him 1-2-3 with a roll-up. I was like, wow. And you see the shocked face on The Miz. That is priceless acting right there on The Miz's part. I got to give him that. Like, nobody could sell that better than The Miz. Like, that was really good. It was a big win for Metalik, though. He just beat... A former WWE champion. So there you go. That is pretty good. Did they call Miz a two-time WWE champion during the match? Because I feel like I feel like Tom Phillips or whoever said it that Miz is a two-time WWE champion. That's not even true. He's a, he won the title once. He hasn't won it twice. He won it once. So I don't know what they were talking about right there. They must have it confused with something else. He's a one-time. WWE champion just once not twice but okay it was a big win for Metalik though and he beat one of the best Intercontinental Champions of all time so I mean that's a big win for Metalik so maybe he's going to get a push in 2021 maybe this is a sign for things to come right here do something with Metalik now he just beat The Miz who we know is going to be a Hall of Famer so now you should use Metalik the right way now going into 2021 give him a nice push I'm not saying put him in the main event, you know, pitcher right away. Give him, like, the Intercontinental title, the United States title. You want to keep him on Raw? 
Give him the U.S. title. You want to put him back on SmackDown? Give him the Intercontinental title. Give him a run with something. With some belt, not the 24-7 title. That belt sucks. I wish they would abolish it already. It's just dumb. It serves no purpose to anybody. Except our truth but that's really it. Ugh. Great match, by the way. It was a good match between Metalik and The Miz. I was pretty shocked Metalik won. I was like, all right, well, that's a huge win for him right there. That's big. That's a big win. That was good. That was a good win right there. And now we get to our next match right here between Shayna Baszler and Dana Brooke. And I'm like, oh, my God, again right here with these two. Oh, my God. I'm like, why, why, why? Who fucking cares? This match sucked. It started to pick up a little bit towards the end. I'll give them that. I was getting a little bit interested in the end in this match. I really was. But I got to admit, overall, it did suck. It was a bad match. And I like Shayna Baszler. I don't like Dana Brooke. You know, I feel like Brooke's terrible on promos and everything. You know, she she's not a bad wrestler, but when she talks, it's like, oh, my God, she's terrible. She's a terrible talker. She really is. She seriously is. You know, and I like Baszler. You know, I want to see her become champion eventually and win one of the women's titles, whether it's the Raw women's title or win the SmackDown women's title in the future. And I hope it happens. Because they've treated her like a joke, basically. It is what it is. You know, that's what happens. You get called off NXT, you get treated like a joke. That's most people right there. That's how it happens right there. But this match was awful. Shayna Baszler, you know... I mean, she was, I gotta admit, she did do some pretty cool shit. Like, she was contorting, you know, Dana Brooke's wrist and everything. That was pretty nasty. You know, and then she went after Mandy Rose, you know, doing that, blah, blah, blah. Trying to break her arm, trying to break Dana Brooke's arm again. And then Shayna Baszler put Dana in the submission, made her tap out, and that was it. And then Mandy Rose went to check on Dana, and then Shayna put Mandy in her submission hole, making her tap out. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Who gives a shit? So then we see this segment right here with Alexa's playground. So Alexa Bliss invites Randy Orton to come out on her playground. And you know, Alexa was... Co- and you know, let me just say this right here, though. I'm really happy that Alexa's a heel again. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned that before. She's much better as a heel than she is as a babyface. I'm kind of wondering where Nikki Cross is now recently. Like, because we haven't seen her in a while. I want to see her and Alexa as heels together. Like, as a tag team. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do that, though. Hopefully they do. Um... But yeah, Alexa was, you know, she was swinging on the swing and she just would look very sadistic. It's like, holy shit. And she's talking about the fiend and everything. You know, maybe he'll show up the next week after his idol, Hulk Hogan, and shit like that. So maybe the fiend returns next week, question mark. Maybe that happens. We don't know. Maybe he gets revived next week. I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll see. You know, and how she talked about The Fiend, you know, built the playground for her and shit like that. You know, she then invites Randy Orton to come out. His music hits not once but twice. He doesn't come out. But it turns out he's actually at the Firefly Funhouse. And I was like, oh, shit. And he trashed the whole Funhouse. He kicked Huskus the pig. He threw Mersey the buzzer at Abby the witch. And then he ripped apart Ramblin' Rabbit. The puppets weren't talking, though. They didn't say anything at all. You kind of thought maybe they would say something. They would have them talk. 
But at least keep kayfabe real a little bit right there. But they didn't, so I was like, okay. So Randy just trashed the whole, you know, fun house. And then Alexa Bliss challenged Randy to face her in the ring later on, and Randy accepted. Like, Randy's like, well, this is when, like, the, the Fiend returns and everything, when he returns. And Alexa's like, Alexa's like, no, it's just me. And Randy accepts, and I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen? Are we actually going to see Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton in the main event? Is that, is that, that's what's going to happen? I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? We're actually going to see this happen? No way. I'm like, shit, what the fuck is going on here? I was like, okay, you got me invested right here. I remember I was telling one of my friends, because I actually saw it when I was watching the basketball game. I was watching the Nets game on Monday. And I said, Alexa Bliss is facing Randy Orton. He looked at it. He's like, really? He's like, no way. And then he sees it, and he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen here? Like, what the hell? Pretty cool, though, not going to lie, when you hear about it first. We'll talk about that now at the end. All right, so we get to our next match now between AJ Styles and Elias. So this match happened because Elias was playing on the guitar and Jackson Riker was listening. And Omos and AJ Styles, you know, came into Elias' locker room. Like, Jackson Riker opened the door for them. And AJ Styles is like, you know, Omos is trying to listen to Mozart. And I'm on the phone with WWE management because of my match at TLC. And AJ Styles, you know, he's pissed off about it. And Elias is like, all right, no, I understand. Like, AJ, you know, he's just upset and everything. You know, he can't make any, he can't get any achievements now, even in his later career. Or it's not like, you know, he's going to get any more chances in his later career. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that pissed off AJ. He's like, you know what? How about you fight me in the ring tonight? So then it happens. AJ Styles versus Elias. And let me just say, though, this match was very good. This may have been one of the best matches of the night. Because the next match we're going to talk about, I could say it was match of the night, but this match was really good. It was, I got to say though, it was Elias's best match of his career. It was. You know, AJ Styles can make anybody look good. That's why, you know, he is the phenomenal one and he's one of the best wrestlers to ever exist. He can make anybody look good. Anybody, He can make any scrub look good. I'm not saying Elias is a scrub. Elias is a good wrestler. Like, you know, he's okay. But AJ Styles can put on a match with anybody, and it could be a five-star match. That's just how good he is. You know, he's, he's one of the best wrestlers of this generation. He could be number one. He really could be. You know how Elias talking about like his advanced age now and how like he's not gonna get any more or that much achievements now in his later career. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you try to say AJ's old and everything. When we know AJ is getting older, was he like 43 right now? Well, he's not that old. He'll be 44 next year then. He's got a lot more years left in his career. He might be done when he's 50. Like we'll see. He's still moving great for his age. He's in great shape. He's always been in great shape throughout his career. He's never been out of shape, but always always taking care of himself very well. And he's gonna continue doing that. But this match between Elias and AJ was very good. I enjoyed it, you know. It was just a nice wrestling match. It really was. You know, Omos and Riker didn't get involved. Like, Riker tried to get involved, but Omos, like, (laughs) pulled up on him, and Riker slipped and fell. And then Elias and AJ continued the match. So there was no interference at all. There was almost interference, but that got shut down right away. I was like, thank you. A match without interference. Like, Jesus. 
like, like, thank you for no interference. That's what we needed right there. It was a great match, and I enjoyed it. You know, and AJ Styles got the win. That's my guy right there. You know, I've always loved AJ ever since he got to the WWE. I loved him in TNA. You know, I used to watch TNA a little bit in the past. You know, I, I loved him down there. Uh, of course, I love him up here. I loved him ever since he debuted up here. Um, but, yeah, it was a great match, and AJ got the win, you know. It almost seems like with Elias, what are they doing with him? Because any big match that he's in, he doesn't win. Like, he really should have beaten Jeff Hardy in the Symphony of Destruction match. Like, he really should have won Elias. Hardy didn't really need the win. Elias needed the win, but they're not, they're not pushing Elias. You know, I think they've lost a lot of, a lot of faith in Elias because he's gotten hurt a lot. Ever since he's been on the main roster... When he's gotten like a little bit of a push, he has gotten hurt a lot. So maybe they're losing a lot of faith in him. They've tried him as a babyface. It hasn't worked. They've tried that a couple times in him as a babyface. That's, that's another thing right there. They keep turning him face and heel. That's what they've done with him. They've done that a lot. Just keep him as a heel. And don't keep like, you know, playing around with him and say, okay, we're going to make you a face. Now you're going to be a heel. Like, you know, it's, it's one or the other. You know what I mean? Like, stop like going around like back and forth with it. Like, I want to see Elias, like, get get a push. I do. They're talking about him versus John Cena at WrestleMania. I'm like, I mean, I'm not really invested in a Cena-Elias match. I mean, I know they've, you know, they've teased it a few times, but I don't really want to see that match. That's not going to be a good match to watch. I don't feel like those two would connect good in the ring. Like, with promo-wise, I feel like they would, obviously. They have. But a match... At WrestleMania, I'm just not fully invested in that match. I'm not. I'm just not. I don't think it would be a great match to watch. I think it would be very lackluster and wouldn't live up to expectations. I feel like the promos would be unbelievably great, but the match itself, I just don't think it would be that good. Especially knowing John Cena hasn't wrestled a real wrestling match since, like, when? Like, 2019? Early 2019? When he was in a tag team match with Balor? Wasn't he, like, in a tag team match with Balor or something? In 2019, you know, or was it like a number one contenders match with Balor for the Universal Title, some shit like that? She hasn't like wrestled like a like a real wrestling match in a while. You know, it's been it's been a while. I, I don't know. But now, next match right here, I will say this was match of the night: Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet. <sighs> this fucking retribution shit. I mean, I wish it would come to an end soon, but we don't know when it will. You know, I, I heard reports that, you know, they're planning to do this angle for a few more weeks and everything. I'm like, oh my God, like, when is it going to end? This match was very good. Mustafa Ali and Ricochet put on an amazing match. You know, I just hate the storyline that it is. That's why I'm not putting the storyline over at all. The match I'll put over. I didn't like the interference, though, from D'Lo Madden and Donovan Dickhead and... Shane Thorne, you know, I didn't like the interference there. Mia Yim didn't get involved at all. She stayed, well, well, she tried to get involved. She got in the ring. Other than that, she didn't get involved. She didn't try to attack Ricochet other than doing that. You know, I just didn't like the interference at all. I, mean, I get what it is, like Ricochet trying to fight off all the odds. I, I get it, but it's like, just end this storyline. Please, just end this stupid storyline. It's fucking stupid. You're burying Ricochet... You know, Mustafa Ali, okay, yeah, he's showing that he could be great as a heel, but this group, I'm not saying, like, it's ruining him because he's winning matches, and he won this match because Ricochet fell asleep in the submission hole that 
Mustafa had him in. It's just I feel like, you know, I don't know if this is going to benefit Mustafa. I don't know if it's going to. And Ricochet, 2020 has been a terrible year for him. You know, 2019 when he got called up to the main roster with him and Aleister Black and they became a tag team and they split them up after WrestleMania 35. And Ricochet got a run with the United States Championship for not, but not for long. It was like a month or two, that was it. And, you know, and the rest of 2019 was whatever. And then 2020, he got a match with Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. But that match was a minute 30. Didn't even last long. I mean, like, come on. Like, we know Brock Lesnar has dictated a lot of shit, you know, backstage and everything. Like, you know, Paul Heyman has said, if you piss off Brock Lesnar, he's not going to work with you. So maybe Ricochet did something that pissed off Brock. Or maybe that was all Vince McMahon saying, this match isn't going to last long. Because that's pretty stupid then. And it really sucks. And you're like, you know, I saw like a video on YouTube when Ricochet lost to Riddick Moss on the March uh, 2nd edition of Monday Night Raw. And like some fan was recording and Ricochet was just, he didn't acknowledge the fans after the match. He looked visibly pissed off. I'm sure that he's frustrated. Maybe he was selling it really good with kayfabe. Maybe he was doing that. Or maybe he really is pissed off. Maybe he just hates the position that he's in. They're not using him to his full potential. He was the NXT North American champion in 2018. I watched his match with Adam Cole. It's one of my favorite matches that I've seen. It was a great fucking match. One of my friends saw the match with me too. He'll tell you the same thing. It was a great fucking match. It was great. It was a takeover Brooklyn in 2018. It was awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of that match. It was so fucking good. It wasn't in Brooklyn, it was in Toronto. No, it was in Brooklyn. Yeah, 2018 was Brooklyn. Yeah, 2019 was Toronto. But yeah, 2018 that match happened and it was great. Like, what the fuck? I mean, come on. They're not using this guy correctly at all. After the match, Mustafa Ali tried to bring him into Retribution. Ricochet said, I made a decision. I'm not going to join Retribution. Then he hit the recoil on Mustafa Ali. And it's like, this is going to continue, though. We know that for a fact. It's going to go into the new year. Do I want to see Ricochet in Retribution? Absolutely not. It's like, shouldn't Mustafa Ali just be like, you know what, forget it now. I don't want you in Retribution. Like, that's it. Like, why do you want him in, why do you want him in Retribution so much? It makes no sense. Like, it's like a weird obsession. You just beat him, that's it. So you just prove that he's not worthy right there. You just beat him. So what's the point of bringing him in now? There's no point. He's just going to keep declining. <sighs> Great match, though. Best match of the night, but stupid storyline. But then backstage, we saw Nia Jax announce her entry into the women's uh, Royal Rumble match, and it seemed like Shayna Baszler did it as well. So I'm like, all right. I want to see Baszler, if she's in the Women's Royal Rumble, which she will be. I want to see her dominate. I want to see it come down to her and Bianca Belair. Because, like, how Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler had a great feud down in NXT. You know, when Shayna called her overrated. And all that when Bianca was undefeated and Shayna would say you're overrated. And Shayna wound up beating her for the NXT Women's title. And that was a, that was a pretty good match that I watched right there. It was pretty good. You know... It could be revenge right there for Bianca, you know, proving that she's truly not overrated. That would be something, though. Imagine, like, it comes down to her and Shayna in the Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble. Just imagine that, and Bianca Belair gets the, elimina- the last elimination right there, eliminates Shayna and win, and she wins the Royal Rumble right there, the Women's Royal Rumble. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be really nice. 
That'd be great storytelling. It really would. It really would be. But we get to our match right here between one half of the women's tag team champions, Charlotte versus Nia Jax. In this match, we knew it was going to be a shit show. You know, they showed like six months ago when Nia Jax injured Charlotte, took her out of action for six months. We knew this match was going to be terrible. It was fucking... It was bad. We knew this was going to be bad. Nia Jax is one of the most... Or Nia Cunt. You know, this is one of the most sloppiest wrestler we know. You know, it's just... We knew this match was not going to be good. She does not put on good matches. She's one of the worst wrestlers to ever step foot in the company. Or just in wrestling in general. You know, I thought I hated Natalia. You know, I still do. But I also hate Nia Jax. I, I hate Nia Jax more than Natalia. Fuck Nia Jax. You know, I don't like Natalia at all, but I would choose her over Nia if I had to choose a winner in that match. I go Natalia all day. Like, I would never pick Nia Jax. I don't give a fuck. You know, Nia's never taken full responsibility for the people that she's injured. You know, she's never she never has. It's crazy how she still has a job, but the reason why she does is because of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's the only reason why. If she was not related to The Rock, she would not have a job. Her ass would be on the street. That's the cold-hearted truth. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's the truth. For this match itself, even Charlotte, who's one of the greatest women wrestlers in the world, couldn't have a good match with this fucking cunt. This match was fucking terrible. I feel bad. I feel bad for all the great women wrestlers that have wrestled this fucking slob, and they've had fucking terrible matches because of it. I mean, come on, name one good Nia Jax match. She does not put on good matches. Asuka, who's an amazing talent, didn't have a good match with Nia. Alexa Bliss, who's a great talent, didn't have a great match with Nia. I mean, she does not put on good matches. Maybe her best match were, maybe her best match was with Ronda Rousey at Money in the Bank 2018. That's all I can really remember. That's it. But this match ended in disqualification when Charlotte had Nia in the figure four and she was trying to go into the figure eight and Shayna put Charlotte in her submission hold. So Charlotte won by disqualification. I'm like, wow, okay. And then Oscar helped Charlotte and they fought him off. And I was like, fuck this shit. Seriously, just fuck it. Ay, ay, ay. But backstage we saw Angel Garza. This actually was pretty cool right here because he actually went up to one of the... Uh, the signs right there at, at Tropicana Field that showed Matt Garza, um, who used to pitch for the Tampa Bay Rays, when he threw a no-hitter back in 2010. So that was a pretty cool reference right there. Angel Garza looking at Matt Garza. So that was that was pretty nice. You know, so we saw Charlie interview him, and he says, first year, on Raw had its up and downs, which is true, but with a new year comes new beginnings. You know, Charlie asked, like, who's the Rose for? And Angel's like, Basically, wouldn't you like to know in a way? But then here came all the people with for the 24-7 championship. Archery bumping into Garza as he ran away from everyone else chasing after the 24-7 title. And his rose fell to the ground. And his whole rose was destroyed. And he gave it to Charlie and says, well, I also thought that counts. And I was like, I hope Garza does have a breakout 2021. Because he's a great fucking talent. He reminds me a lot of Eddie Guerrero in a way. He does. He really does. Some people said, like, Sammy Guevara is like a young Eddie Guerrero. I see it more in Garza. I see a lot more with Garza, though. I really do. I, I, I seriously do. I don't know if anybody else feels the same way, but 
That's how I feel. So before the eight-man tag to match right here between the New Day, Matt Riddle, and Jeff Hardy and the Hurt Business, you know, we did see Xavier Woods was wearing a Brody armband to honor the late Brody Lee. So that was really nice to see that. That was really nice. So before the eight-man tag to match, Bobby Lashley, the United States champion, announced that he will be entering the Men's Royal Rumble match, and he says he will go on to win in main event WrestleMania. So I'm like, all right. So we know Lashley's in the Royal Rumble now. We get to the eight-man tag match between the Hurt Business, Jeff Hardy, Matt Riddle, and the New Day. And this match overall I thought was good. It was a good match, you know. It was a great eight-man tag match right here. You know, I love what Xavier Woods did. He did the discus, he did the discus clothesline. I believe it was on Alexander. It was on Alexander and then Jeff Hardy, the Swanton Bomb. And I thought that was going to be the match right there. But Alexander kicked out. It would have been nice to see that happen right there. But like I said, this match overall was good. But here's what happened with Jeff Hardy, though. He wound up tapping out to the Hurt Lock again. Lashley put him in that submission hold. Jeff Hardy tapped out. That was it. And I was like, this is like four straight weeks now that Jeff Hardy's tapped out to the Hurt Lock. Like, what are they doing with Jeff Hardy now? Like, what are they doing with him? He's just losing every fucking week now. I get you got to make Bobby Lashley look strong and everything, but it's like, this is four straight weeks we're talking about. Like, what are they doing with Jeff? If you're not going to have him win, then what's the point? You know, I I really don't know. Like, the last four weeks, like, geez, you think he would have at least had one win over Lashley or somebody else, but he just keeps on losing now. Ever since he won the Symphony of Destruction match, he's just been losing ever since then. It's like, okay, wow. But we go backstage now. We saw The Miz and uh, John Morrison just sitting on the steps. And then Adam Pierce came up to The Miz. He made a pretty funny reference. He's like, <laughs> he was talking about Miz's Cleveland Browns and everything, how they lost to the Jets and all that shit. So that was pretty cool to hear that. That was pretty funny. But Adam Pierce returned the Money in the Bank briefcase back to The Miz because John Morrison was the one who did cash in at TLC. And it does say in the rules. The person who has the Money in the Bank contract has to cash in for themselves. So once again, The Miz is Mr. Money in the Bank. And him and Morrison did a fucking cringy-ass fucking dance that went on for way too long. I was, like, staring at my TV like, okay, listen, I get that he's happy, but what the fuck is that? Seriously, what the hell? But Miz is Mr. Money in the Bank again. I'm like, okay. So now he's got he's to cash in successfully now, right? We'll have to wait and see. But now we get to our main event of the show right here, the Alexa Bliss challenging Randy Orton. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, she's not in her ring gear, so there's not going to be a match. I was like, I was like, fuck, is there actually going to be a match right here? I was getting kind of hyped. Like, oh, we're going to get, like, an intergender match right here? Like, what the fuck's going to happen? Maybe Alexa's going to be, like, really possessed and everything. She's going to go super crazy on Randy Orton. Like, something's going to happen. Maybe she'll wear the Fiend mask or whatever. But no. She challenged Randy Orton to do the same thing that he did to the Fiend. And that set her on fire. Because there was a Christmas present out there near one of the barricades. And she brought it into the ring. And she unwrapped it. And it was gasoline. She poured it a little bit over the ring. And gave the match to Randy and said, do the same thing you did to him. She was laying down 
she was waiting for it and she kept pouring more gasoline and more gasoline and, I, and she's like just do it Randy do it and then she poured it all over herself we know it wasn't gasoline obviously we know that but oh meanwhile I mean, who the fuck knows who the fuck knows seriously but who knows seriously but no she poured it all over herself and I'm like what the fuck is going on here I'm like legit looking at looking at the fucking TV like what the fuck are we witnessing? Like what's about to happen? What what's gonna happen now? What the fuck? And then Randy was like, you know, because Alexa called Randy a little bitch and everything. And I was like, ooh. And he kept and she kept telling him to do it, to burn her. You know, Randy says he wants to do it, but it's it's cause she wants him to do it. You know, the way Randy was talking, was like, maybe I want to set you on fire. And he said it in, like, in such a sadistic... He said it in such a sadistic fucking voice. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, holy shit. And Randy's like, you know what? You want me to do it? All right, I'm going to do it. So the lights go out. I'm thinking, is he there? Is the fiend there? But he's not. Randy lights the match in the dark. And that was the end of Raw. It just cut off. So it was basically like a cliffhanger ending to Monday Night Raw. And I was like, so is Alexa still alive? What the fuck just happened? I hate cliffhanger endings. I really do. And it was a pretty good ending. I got to admit that it was pretty cool. I liked it. I really did. I love the way Alexa was acting and the way Randy was as well. It was really cool. But... What what the fuck just happened though? Seriously, what just happened? What do we really just witness here, folks? Like seriously, I'm like, okay then. Well, on to next year, basically, right now, with WWE now. But it's like, holy shit. I'm like, okay, like that was something. And they did say the ratings did go up from when I Raw, which is good. Like, come on, now the ratings got to keep going up now. Hopefully it continues to go up going into 2021. Hopefully it does. You know, we got a main event match, Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee for the WWE Championship next week. So, and you got all the legends coming back. So we'll talk about that obviously next week. But all right, to be honest though, I thought the show was okay, to be honest. I will, I will, I'll just say that I thought it was okay. That's all I'm going to say about Raw. I thought it was okay because it did have its bad parts. So I'm only going to say it was okay. That's just as much as I can give it. I thought it was okay. Like, that, that's it. But all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode right here. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow afternoon. Probably at the same time where I'll be doing my AEW uh, Brody Lee tribute episode review. That's what the episode will be called. That'll be tomorrow. And, you know, on Saturday I'll be doing my SmackDown review. You know, it'll be the first wrestling of 2021 we'll be talking about. Let's see if any sports news happens. You know, obviously, I'll report that to you guys right away when that happens, when I get the time. But barring any sports news, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow afternoon with my AEW Brody Lee episode review. Tribute episode review. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Stay warm. It's it's pretty cold. I'm pretty fucking cold right now. But hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow afternoon. Good night, guys.